Good afternoon. Welcome to Mary, Queen of Peace Parish, as we celebrate the 22nd Sunday in Ordinary Time. A special welcome is extended to those who are visiting with us today and to anyone returning home to our parish community. You are always welcome here. We have two announcements this weekend. The details of all of our announcements may be found in the bulletin and online. We nurture. This weekend, Father Michael will share his homily time with two women from the parish community. He will offer a brief homily and then invite a lay woman to share a scriptural reflection. We go forth. Our tour de peace is on September 9th. There will be something for everyone during this family-friendly community event. Please attend. Assisting us today are our lectors, Noelle Baker and Mary Pakatinskis. Our altar server is Paul Kofta. I, Emily Leal Santi Esteban, will be your cantor. Our pianist is Sarah Sink Mars. Our celebrant is Father Michael Stumpf. Let us all now stand, if you are able, for the entrance procession and join with each other in singing our opening hymn, For the Beauty of the Earth, number 633 in the Blue Hymnal. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Good evening, everyone. Happy Labor Day weekend, as well as the 22nd Sunday of Ordinary Time. Uh, gathering as God's people, we, uh, we're gathering a little light tonight, probably because of Labor Day weekend and the fact that it's almost 90 degrees outside. As you're gathering, we gather within the grace of God within Christian community. As we begin this celebration and communally enter into these mysteries, let us ask God's grace and mercy. 
Lord Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Lord, have mercy. Christ Jesus, you offer yourself completely for us. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you sit at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us, your people. Christ, have mercy. <laughs> May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us of our sin, and bring us to everlasting life. We together glorify God and say, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in the glory of God the Father. Gathering our prayers together, let us pray. God of might, giver of every good gift, put into our hearts the love of your name so that by deepening our sense of reverence, you may nurture in us what is good and by your watchful care, keep safe what you have nurtured. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Let us be seated and attentive to the word. A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. You duped me, O Lord, and I let myself be duped. You were too strong for me, and you triumphed. All the day I am an object of laughter. Everyone mocks me. Whenever I speak, I must cry out. Violence and outrage is my message. The word of the Lord has brought me derision and reproach all the day. I say to myself, I will not mention him. I will speak in his name no more. But then it becomes like fire burning in my heart, imprisoned in my bones. I grow weary holding it in. I cannot endure it. The word of the Lord. Please join in singing our responsorial psalm. The text is, My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord my God. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord my God. My soul is thirsting for you. 
God, you are my God, at dawn I seek you. reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, your spiritual worship. Do not conform yourselves to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and pleasing and perfect. The word of the Lord. belong 
The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer greatly from the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Then Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. God forbid, Lord, no such thing shall ever happen to you. He turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What profit would there be for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? Or what can one give in exchange for his life? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in his Father's glory, and then he will repay all according to his conduct. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I was on retreat several weeks back, several weeks, several years back, and it was a week-long retreat, and it was led by uh, priests, religious, both lay uh, both uh, religious men and women, as well as lay men and women as well. And during the retreat time, uh, we would celebrate Mass daily. And as we celebrated Mass, each of the retreat directors actually took turns offering and sharing about the Word of God during the homily time. And ever since that moment, since that experience, I said to myself, I'm going to start doing that in the context of my own life and my own ministry as well. Because there was something profound about hearing the Word of God, Scripture reflections, shared not just by clergy, but by men and women who had normal jobs, who raised families, who were in everyday life, just like predominantly all of the church community besides those of us who were ordained. And so it was a profound experience for me. Now, uh, so recall where we are in the gospel passage. Recall that we are hearing about Peter as uh, the one who is named as the rock. And just last week, Peter, uh, when Jesus asked the question, who do people say that I am and who do you say that I am, stepped forward in the grace 
and the love and the mercy of God and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus spoke to him and said, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but truly my heavenly father. And from now on, you will not just be Simon, you will be Simon Peter, the name that means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. You will have the keys to loose and bound and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. That was just sentences and passages ago. And now we pick up with today's gospel where when Jesus says this is what it means to be the Christ of the living God, that he will suffer and die and he will rise. Peter pulls him aside, <laughs> surely not. And Jesus says to him, get behind me, Satan. You are not thinking as God does, but as human beings do. You are an obstacle. And so, in, it's a really great play on words. The rock that is Peter, that is foundation, is which everything is built and is for freedom and life and, and community and church. Now is also the stumbling block and the obstacle. I know that my own humanity, who I am, who I've come from, my own life experience, the only place that I can really speak to and from my own faith experience is actually also for many and can be for many, both foundation as well as obstacle or stumbling block. And that's why I think it's so important for us to hear how the word of God has spoken to and speaks to and through all of us as God's people. And in order not to be a stumbling block, occasionally I'm gonna invite others, lay women and men, to share something about the word of God with all of us. That being said, I'm going to get behind and step back and invite Holly to step forward to offer a scriptural reflection. I'm super short, guys. It's hard to come up after Father Michael. <laughs> so in this weekend's gospel, Jesus begins to share that he will undergo his passion. In fact, the scripture tells us, Jesus began to show his disciples that he will suffer greatly from the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes. I have to admit that at this point in history, living on the other side of Christ's passion, the shocking thing to my ears is less about Jesus' impending suffering and more about who his suffering comes from. The elders, the chief priests, the scribes. Jesus knows he will suffer and die at the hands of his own community leaders in his community at that. There's something shocking, heartbreaking, at the idea that Christ's suffering comes from within his faith community. Yet who of us does not know this experience? If we're being really honest, who of us has not felt unwelcome in our own church at some point in our lives? And who has not been on the other side, 
making someone else feel unwelcome, unworthy. I know I've been on both sides of this. Though I've worked in the church in a fairly visible capacity for over a decade, there are times I feel scared to enter a church space. Will the people inside know about and disagree with my theology or my politics and write me off as bad because of that? Are my children being too loud, too present, too physical in the space? They're not at this one, so that's not an issue today, but I know it usually is. Does the way we take up space mean we don't belong here? And perhaps even more seriously, how many people have been wounded by a representative of the church in such a way that they feel they literally physically cannot enter a church space? Many beloved people in my life fit into this category. Friends who identify as LGBTQ, family members who suffer from mental illness, friends who are divorced and just don't know how and where to locate themselves. On the flip side, when I disagree strongly with someone, do I bring enough compassion and care to that disagreement so that they still feel my love, my affirmation of their dignity in the midst of that disagreement? When I'm in the parking lot, do I bring my best and most welcoming self? Not always, right? Even Pope Francis seems to experience this. In a recent conversation with Portuguese Jesuits in Lisbon, he talked about his challenges with the U.S. church specifically, where we have a tendency to polarize and isolate one another in a special way. In the talk, he reiterated the importance of the entire body of Christ receiving genuine, exuberant welcome. When I started working first at St. Mary of the Mount, 11 years ago, I remember looking longingly at the etching of Mary on the door of the sacristy. I don't know if you guys have noticed it up there, but it's really, really cool. And I remember thinking as I pulled into the parking lot that I could not believe I would have the privilege of being in such close proximity to God, to holy space, to the presence of the Eucharist in the tabernacle every single day. As the years went on, at St. Mary of the Mount, and now in both communities of the South Side and Mount Washington as Mary Queen of Peace, I have realized the unspeakable privilege of coming into deep and meaningful relationship with so many of God's people. I get to be present to the major life moments, to the everyday struggles and joys, to the building up of the kingdom of God with the body of Christ, the people of God. This is the work. Notice in the gospel, it says Jesus began to show his disciples what was about to happen. Even in the face of coming destruction, Jesus gathered a people to himself. Even then, he was doing the work of building the kingdom the beloved community, we sometimes call it. So many of us, I think, were raised with a sort of individualist Catholicism. I think so many of us were raised to know that it was important, essential even, to come to church every week 
and we knew to expect there to be other people sitting in the pews around us, but I think a lot of us kind of thought those people were, were superfluous to some extent, right? Or, or maybe even an annoyance if they were a little bit too loud or, or different than we were. I think, you know, on, on our better days, maybe we saw many of those people as others on an individual journey with God. We probably knew and enjoyed that we had something in common. We knew we were all churchgoers of the Catholic variety. But how many of us knew that we were not there alone or even just with our own families, but that we are called to this place, even called to work in the world, as a people. We are called to be with and for one another, Christ's body, Christ's presence. The communion hymn last week was Be Not Afraid. That one always makes me tear up. Be not afraid. I go before you always. Come, follow me, and I will give you rest. Whenever I pray that hymn, I know that God is with me, so near, so tender, so powerfully protective. Last week, though, singing those words in the communion line, I started looking around me a little bit. What if we took seriously that we are Christ to one another? What if I could not only trust God the Trinity to go before me, that is, to look upon me tenderly, but what if I could look in the pews around me and know that you would do that for me too? And what if you knew that I knew you so deeply, cared about you so fiercely, that I was committed to give you rest when you need it? What if when you saw me, you felt so held that you forgot to fear? Part of our psalm today says, May the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ enlighten the eyes of our hearts that we may know what is the hope that belongs to your call. Our call is one of hope. It really, really is, right? I mean, we've seen the darkness, we've stared it down, and we know election season is on the way, so there's more challenge coming, we know that. And yet, we have all experienced, hopefully, what it is to be loved and to be love. We all know in some context what it means to feel welcome, to feel whole, and to extend that true and genuine welcome to others. We know what it means to receive Christ's news of the passion, of taking up our cross. We know what it means to add to that cross. But we also know that the cross leads to resurrection if we have the eyes to see. Take a second, look to your left. Seriously, do it, please, I invite you. Take a look to your left, take a look to your right. Take a look maybe in front of you and behind you. It's Labor Day weekend. I'm supposed to say something about Labor Day and labor, right? We are all laboring. Everybody you see is laboring to become love. In Romans, verses, uh, you know, chapter 8, verse 22, it tells, it tells us, we know that all creation is groaning in labor pains even until now. That's us. 
we are that creation, right? We are still laboring, still becoming hospitable spaces for one another. And yet, what if these were the people who loved you, who held you up, each one of them, someone you could count on? What if we looked at one another and felt what we feel when we approach Christ, our loving God? This is the work. We know we have the capacity to be like the faithless community that crucified Christ, that still crucifies one another, right? We still do this. But with the grace of God, we also have the capacity, the call to become love. May the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ enlighten the eyes of our hearts that we may know what is the hope that belongs to our call. Together we stand and profess one faith. I believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things are made. For us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. I look forward to the resurrection of the dead in the life of the world to come. Amen. Entrusting ourselves to the compassion that God has for each of us and the compassion that we have for one another's community, we offer these needs in prayers of petition. Our response is, hear us, O Lord. For all who lead the church, that they may stay close to the Spirit of God, and for all women in the church, who labor in a special way to bring forth the kingdom of God, we pray. On this Labor Day weekend, may the celebration of Labor Day recommit us to work the work of creating and sustaining dignified working conditions for all, we pray. For all those experiencing extreme weather conditions, may they find safety, courage, and appropriate resources we pray. For all those celebrating anniversaries, weddings, baptisms, or birthdays this month, especially Father Michael, we pray. For those on our prayer requests in the bulletin, 
that their pain and suffering be eased by our prayers, we pray. We go forth. In union with Pope Francis's intention for the month of September, we pray for all those living on the margins. May they not be overlooked by institutions and never considered of lesser importance, we pray. For all those who have died in our parish community, especially Joseph Saccone and Denise Hebda, may they be welcomed into God's kingdom, we pray. We remember today Michael Dush and all the intentions present on the altar, along with those we hold in the silence of our hearts, we pray. Calling on the loving intercession of our patron and mother, we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Mary, Queen of Peace. Please join in singing our offertory hymn, number 790, The Summons, number 790. to 
Pray, sisters and brothers, my sacrifice and yours will be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May this sacred offering, O Lord, confer on us always the blessing of salvation, that what it celebrates in mystery may accomplish in power through Christ our Lord. Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is our duty and salvation always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God, through Christ. In him, you have been pleased to renew all things. You've given us a share in his fullness. Though in the form of God he emptied himself and by the blood of the cross and brought peace to all creation. Therefore he has been exalted above all things and to all who obey him has become the source of eternal salvation. So with all the angels and saints, thrones, dominions, hosts and powers of heaven, we sing a hymn of your glory as without end we acclaim. are indeed holy, O Lord, the font of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, sending your spirit upon them like the dewfall, that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed, he entered willingly into his passion. He took bread, said the blessing, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, saying, take this, all of you and eat of it. This is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, once more giving thanks, gave it to his disciples, saying, take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. When we 
Therefore, we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection. We offer you, Lord, the bread of life, the chalice of salvation, giving thanks you've held us worthy to be in your presence and to minister to you. Humbly we pray, partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world. Bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, David, our Bishop, all the clergy, all who serve and lead your people. Remember also all of our sisters and brothers who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. And have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Saint Joseph, her blessed spouse, the blessed apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we too may be co-heirs to eternal life to praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. At the Savior's command formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from all evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be free from sin, safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope, the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, you said to your apostles, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sin, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, for you live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you. And with your we offer one another some sign of Christ's peace.
Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be. For those who cannot be with us this evening, a prayer for spiritual communion. Lord Jesus, through baptism, we are one in you and each other. We believe you were present in the Blessed Sacrament, the Word, and the Christian community. We believe that the power of your love has no limits. For those who cannot physically be here with us, we humbly ask you, through the power of your most Holy Spirit, that in this act of sacred communion, we are all made stronger in your love for one another. Wherever we are, we are your church, yearning for your grace to be witnesses of your kingdom in our thoughts, words, and deeds. Amen. Please join in singing our communion hymn, number 777, Here I Am, Lord, number 777.
will break their hearts of stone, give them hearts of love alone. I will speak my word to them, whom shall I send? Here I am, Lord. It is the first weekend, first Sunday of the month, and you should be used to this by now, but um, we are going to uh, name the people who are celebrating anything this month, the month of September, birthdays, anniversaries, baptisms, other sacraments, et cetera, et cetera, graduations, whatever. So I need a name and what you're celebrating, and again, we do this because as Holly said, we're trying to be a beloved and a supportive community and to get to know one another and support each other. So who is celebrating anything this month? What is your name and what are you celebrating? And if we'll hold our applause till the very end, please. Who's celebrating anything? And your name? Caitlin is celebrating a birthday. Mark Stewart, birthday. And Carol, Carol is celebrating a birthday. Therese, and celebrating a birthday. <laughs> Therese said she's going to be 29 again. She has a birthday. Anybody else we're missing? Yes. 59 anniversary and first name? Mary. Mary. Frank and Mary, is that right? Frank and Mary, 
Is that correct? Okay. Anybody else? And then me. I actually, I have a birthday as well. So, yes. So Eileen um, uh, would be celebrating her 40th anniversary with Mike. Mike just passed this past month, right? Two months ago. These have been three. Boy, time flies. And so he's on that side. She's on this side. For all those who are celebrating birthdays, anniversaries, would you please stand? Please, please, please. Can we give them a round of applause, please? actually said myself, yeah, yeah. By, by, by the way, I, I'm turning 50 in two days, so there you go. I don't feel it, I feel like I'm 60. Um, and can we, uh, can we say thank you to Holly um, for the courage, uh, it's groundbreaking, again, kind of her sharing scriptural reflection. Thank you, Holly, thank you. As God's people, let us please stand and let us pray. Renewed by this bread from the heavenly table, we beseech you, O Lord, that being the food of charity, it may confirm our hearts and stir us to serve you in our neighbor, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May the blessings of Almighty God be upon you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your lives. Thanks be to God. Please join in singing our closing hymn, number 881, Lift High the Cross. We'll sing verses 1 and 3. Time. 